The news in 20 minutes. Every 20 minutes. This is LBC News. LBC News time, 23 minutes after two. It's Chris Golds with you here. Thanks very much for your company this Friday afternoon. We'll have uh, plenty, or well, evening I should say now. We'll have plenty more on our top stories coming up. First though, uh, let's get a roundup of what's been happening in uh, the US within the last 24 hours. We heard a little uh, from uh, Joe Biden earlier where he uh, celebrated uh, new figures that showed uh, he added 431,000 jobs in March. But he's saying the job is absolutely not finished. Let's bring in our Washington correspondent Simon Mark. So, a little bit of good news to end the week for Joe Biden. Yeah, you always know that the numbers are going to be good when the White House tells you the night before that President Biden's going to be making an appearance to discuss the jobs number <laughs> rather than waiting. If they're not certain, they wait until the numbers actually come out and then they make a decision about whether uh, he's going to appear before the cameras. But appear before the cameras, he did indeed do within the last uh, 90 minutes or so, absolutely to herald what is unquestionable some very good news for his administration. Today, we learned that in March, our economy created 431,000 jobs. Nice sound to it. We also learned that in January and February, our economy created 100,000 more jobs than we previously had thought. That means that over the last three months, the economy has created more than a half million, more than 500,000 jobs a month. Over the course of my presidency, our recovery has now created 7.9 million jobs. More jobs created over the first 14 months of any presidency in any term ever. And that's striking. But what's even more striking is this. In March, the unemployment rate fell to 3.6%, down from 6.4% when I took office about 15 months ago. The fastest decline in unemployment to start a president's term ever recorded. So there is no question that that is news that the White House can celebrate at the end of an otherwise pretty rocky week for President Biden that, of course, began last Saturday uh, in Warsaw with that ad-libbed uh, end to his big keynote address in Europe in which he suggested that the United States uh, was changing its policy and wanted to see Vladimir Putin gone from power uh, in Moscow only for the White House then to walk his comments back, although on Monday Joe Biden insisted that he stood by his comments and had not intended to convey uh, a determination in any meaningful fashion for the United States to oust Vladimir Putin from power. Uh, the markets are not entirely impressed by uh, today's numbers. Looking at the latest situation on Wall Street, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is down uh, a third of a percentage point in value. The Nasdaq is down more than half uh, a percentage point in value. And the S&P 500 down uh, down about four-tenths of a percentage point in value, all of that indicative uh, of the fact that the markets are still pretty jittery about what's taking place in Ukraine, uh, about the long-term future for inflation in the United States. There will be hopes, I think, uh, that these jobs numbers today uh, give the Fed a little bit of renewed confidence uh, that there is a sense of optimism uh, returning to the economy, and therefore that may encourage them uh, in their quest to try and 
government adjust interest rates further uh, to manage the inflationary pressures that are uh, besetting uh, the United States. This is the first jobs report uh, that pushes the um, the unemployment rate uh, in the United States down to 3.6 uh, percent, back to the kind of levels that we were seeing uh, before the COVID nineteen pandemic began. There are, of course, uncertainties uh, ahead about COVID nineteen here, uh, just as there are uh, in the UK. But look, there's no question that Joe Biden's got something very positive uh, to point to and potentially build on uh, in the months ahead if he can genuinely show that a recovery is taking root. I mean, I think the real challenge for the president uh, is to change the conversation across American dinner tables where polls relentlessly show uh, not just the president's approval rating continue uh, continuing to crater, uh, but also this sense that a, a substantial majority of Americans, 62% plus in most of the polling, argue that the United States is on the wrong track, not on the right track under Joe Biden's leadership. It is now April the 1st. Uh, we have midterm elections here in November. Uh, one third of the Senate and the entire House of Representatives up for grabs and Republicans still absolutely confident that they are on course uh, to retake control of both houses of Congress in November uh, in midterm elections that are going to serve as a referendum on Joe Biden's presidency. Today was one potential building block in the president's strategy to try and turn those those uh, polling numbers around. Uh, but the American people are proving pretty stubborn in their viewpoint that Joe Biden's boot goose is cooked uh, and that uh, they are desirous of change at the top in American politics. So let's see if he can build on this going forwards. We're talking of uh, change. Uh, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki reports that she could be departing the White House uh, to join a news channel. Uh, yeah, so we've known that Jen Psaki was planning to leave the Biden administration for a while. In fact, last year it was suggested that she was going to leave at the end of last year, uh, and then she didn't. She stayed on for a little while longer. Now uh, we are told that uh, the deal has been done uh, with uh, television network MSNBC. That is the left-leaning news channel in the United States. It's sort of the uh, the left-leaning left-leaning version of Fox News uh, here in the. United States. They apparently have won a bidding war uh, for Jen Psaki's talents and abilities uh, alongside CNN, which has uh, lost out. Uh, I mean, there is a long tradition of the revolving door here in the United Sp States uh, spinning uh, political uh, spokespeople and others uh, out of the White House and government positions and uh, taking them into positions on television. There's no question that MSNBC will have been attracted not only by Jen Saki's proven ability as a communicator, uh, and we've seen that not just in terms of her service at the White House behind the podium, but also before that, during the Obama administration, she was the spokeswoman uh, for John Kerry at the uh, the State Department. But it's also apparent that Democrat loyalists adore her. Uh, they are particularly enamoured with the way in which she disposes of, frankly, some, some quite extraordinarily stupid questions that are often <laughs> lobbed in her direction 
direction from, on occasion, uh, one of the uh, White House correspondents for Fox News and some of the other uh, right-leaning news outlets here in the United States. So they will be, uh, I think, at MSNBC salivating over her ability to deliver uh, some uh, very strong ratings to the network when she starts there. We don't know when she's yet leaving uh, to head over to MSNBC, nor, of course, do we know who is going to be taking over from her uh, behind the White House podium and behind the scenes there are all sorts of reports uh, of some pretty uh, substantial struggles taking place with various candidates seeking to put themselves forward for the position so let's see where it goes whether President Biden picks one of those internal candidates or whether he chooses to bring in an outside uh, messaging person because uh, she'll be leaving at a very critical time uh, for the Biden administration whether it's before or after the midterm elections you know we're heading into election season here both midterm elections and then 2024 and the presidential election so big stakes for joe biden in that choice well i noticed the um press briefing that's taking place at half past seven our time um at the white house is with the director of communications kate beddingfield yeah well she's been filling in uh for the last few days and that's partly because uh, jen Psaki, uh, has still been, been dealing with a positive covid19 diagnosis and then jen Psaki's deputy uh karine jean pierre also tested positive for covid19 so they were at the point of uh not having anybody to put up <laughs> on the podium uh, and so kate beddingfield the director of communications who was very familiar to all of us during the presidential uh, campaign because she was Joe Biden's chief spokeswoman uh, during the course of the campaign uh, has essentially uh, stepped up to the podium in the absence of anybody else being upright and able to do it. Um, she's a very skilled communicator, Kate Beddingfield. She's the, the daughter of a former uh, top executive at CNN. So she's absolutely steeped in the language of communication and particularly communication for uh, television. Uh, and she's definitely, one would think, a potential candidate for the job, but but equally, Karine Jean-Pierre uh, has filled in on numerous occasions for Jen Psaki and did so on the trip to Europe because Jen Psaki, because of her COVID-19 diagnosis, couldn't go to Brussels and Warsaw with President Biden. So uh, Karine Jean-Pierre filled in there. And then, of course, she came back from Europe with her own COVID-19 diagnosis, at which point they were, they were almost lacking a <laughs> quorum in the White House, which is why we've seen Kate Beddingfield for the last few days. Well, I'm sure, no doubt, uh, a question will come up about uh, Jen Psaki's future at that press briefing, so no, no doubt David uh, will take some of that live for us here on LBC News after half past seven. Um, and um, just whilst I've got you, Simon, um, just as we were coming off air yesterday, President Biden took to the podium uh, to say that uh, he's going to release um, 180 million barrels over the next six months from, America, from America's reserves of oil uh, to help with the soaring fuel costs. That was sort of 24 hours ago since he made that announcement. What's been the reaction since then? Yeah, let's just, let's just revisit the President's announcement. This is what he had to say uh, yesterday when he addressed that issue. And, of course, it's all focused on efforts to try and control the rising price of petrol here in the United States as a result uh, of Russia's war in Ukraine that saw President Biden a couple of weeks ago do something he hadn't initially planned to do, and that is to ban all Russian oil imports to the United States. So this is what he announced yesterday. This is a wartime bridge to increase oil supply until production ramps up later this year. And it is by far the largest release of our, net, of our national reserve in our history. It will provide historic amount of supply for a historic amount of time. 
a six-month bridge to the fall. The fall, of course, is when America's midterm elections will be taking place, but I'm sure that is just a coincidence. Between now and then, every single day, a million barrels of oil will be released from America's strategic stockpile uh, of oil that is designed to be held back and used in an emergency uh, and can, of course, be used to try and influence the price of petrol. Uh, at the moment, the price of petrol is hovering between 4 and $6 a gallon, depending on which uh, state you live in uh, and which quality of petrol you choose to put into your tank. Uh, the average price of fuel this time last year was $2.87 a gallon. So that gives you a sense of what American motorists are putting up with. The president was challenged yesterday and asked what impact that move is going to have on the price. He said he thought it could bring prices down by about 35 cents a gallon at the pumps. But we don't know how long that's likely to take and also how sustained that lowering of prices may prove to be. There was another aspect to the president's announcement yesterday. He's proposing a use it or lose it approach to 9,000 oil drilling leases on federal lands that have been granted already to American oil companies that the oil companies have not yet chosen to use. So we're in the slightly unusual position of Joe Biden uh, who has traditionally cast himself as the president who has no interest really in developing fossil fuel production uh, in the United States. He wants to transition the country to uh, a clean, green e economy. Now saying to the oil companies, drill, baby, drill, because we need the oil as quickly as we can get it out of the ground. And there are political complexities in that for Joe Biden, because on the left, Democrats on Capitol Hill are furious about that. They are worried that Joe Biden is too rapidly walking away from a climate change uh, approach. But Joe Biden, with his eye on uh, the polls and his own approval ratings and the rising price of petrol at the pumps, has decided he's got to do something short-term to alleviate the pain that American motorists are suffering. Let's see just how much impact that ends up having and also whether uh, American motorists, by the time we get to those midterm elections in November, are still buying the argument that the Biden administration advances that this is Vladimir Putin's price rises at the pumps that they're facing. It's not clear to me that that necessarily is going to resonate with American voters. All right, Simon, uh, thank you very much for that roundup. That's our Washington correspondent, Simon Marks, there live for us in Washington, D.C.